Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I don't know if you realize this yet or not, but this entire story gives us a picture of what is going on in Israel today, right now. Israel has rejected their God, and the Lord has given control of their territory over to foreigners. I went to Israel. I went under the Temple Mount. There's a thing you can go down under, and there's tunnels under there, and you get down in there where it's dark, and you start getting closer inward to where above you, where the Holy of Holies would have been at the temple. There are Jews down there. They're getting as close to the Holy of Holies as they can where it was at. And they're down there just going. They're just praying. They want their Messiah to come. They want their Messiah to come. They don't know he already came. But they're trying to get to the Holy of Holies, not realizing it's here in this this temple now. And it was kind of sad for me to see it. They lost their identity. And they're, they're getting as close to that holiest part as they can. Oh, God, come for us, come for us. These Gentile nations are all over us. It was sad. I had to ask somebody, one of our guides or somebody, what, what is this? He goes, the Holy of Holies was right above us. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, they're trying to get close to their God. And I see a lot of parallels in what's going on here. Okay, Israel has rejected their God. They're blind. They're not turning. Same thing as we're reading. And so the Lord has given control of their territory over to foreigners, to the Gentiles. I want you to look at this. Romans eleven twenty five 25 says, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Right now we're in the time of the Gentiles. For centuries, Israel has been sent prophets, turned back, turned back, turned back. They haven't. And they have rejected the prophets and rejected God. And so they are now blind to the fact that the Messiah, Jesus, has come. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They think he's still yet to come. And so God has given their area over to Gentiles, to foreign nations, as a judgment. Now, let's face it. And I was thinking about this, and I even called Dove to make sure I was being very sensitive to this fact. That I don't want to state anything wrong. Let's just face it. If Israel had full control over their land, there would not be a Muslim mosque on that Temple Mount. They would have already built a temple there. That is proof they have been taken over by foreign nations. Okay? This is the time of the Gentiles, so they can't put a temple up there right now. This is the time of the Gentiles. But now I want you to consider how the, how the Lord God afflicted the Gentiles until it drove them to ask their king for a way to be saved. Did you know Muslims are getting saved? Bless them, because they're afflicted. How do we get saved? 
It's that God of Israel. But what was the king's answer on how to get them to see it? What did his answer? He said, send them an Israelite priest. Send them, I see y'all nodding, you're catching it. Send them an Israelite priest that knows the God of Israel, that knows the law, that can teach you how to fear him. Send them an Israelite priest so that they might be saved. Hebrews 4.14, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. (laughs) Gentiles, how are we saved? We were sent a priest. A priest of Gentiles? No. A priest who's an Israelite. Ah, that's when I started catching the steam and I'm like, oh, this ain't near what I thought it was and I had to restructure I'm giving it to you now, okay? (laughs) All of us, every one of us, Jew and Gentile, we are all sinners, every one of us. And so we face destruction, which is an affliction for the damage that our sin has caused. But even me, the foreigner, the Gentile, can run and ask the king for an answer, and the king has chosen to send even a Gentile like me, an Israelite priest, to teach a foreigner like me how to fear the Lord so that I might be saved. God is just amazing. Blew my mind this week. I just don't even know what to say except what I've got in my notes. Let's keep going. But to be saved, you first have to listen. Remember, he said, you're not listening like your fathers. You're not believing. You got to listen. We have a a long list of false gods that we're following in our culture. And the people that are not listening to biblical preaching, that are not listening to the Lord's people who come to call them to repentance, you're not listening. You're not believing. You're in trouble. You have invented a God that's fine with your sin and you're doing what Israel did. You made false gods for yourself and that provokes the Lord God to anger. So when the affliction comes and you say, well, that can't be God and you start getting mad at Satan for it, you're just making Satan laugh. You need to take this to the Lord. It's the Lord doing it. Oh, he's allowing it. He's doing it. He sent them an Israelite priest to teach them because they didn't know how to fear the Lord God. Now, you got to listen to what Jesus said. If you don't know much but John 3, 16, which is a good verse, but you need to listen a little bit more if you're going to make it through this, this life, I want you to recognize that Jesus spoke parables about salvation. Before he said his parables, he always said this. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, listen to what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Some of y'all out there had not been listening. You need to hear this. You got ears? All right, listen to this. And he'd give his parable. You see, God said that Israel wasn't hearing because they had rejected the prophets, the messages of repentance. They rejected the covenant. They rejected any and everything. All they wanted to do was, let's just do whatever the other nations did. God says, no, you need to listen to me. And since they weren't, he put them in an affliction situation to get them. Well, if you're going to look at Gentiles, then watch what they're about to do next. Sent lions to kill them. Now they're asking how to be saved. Praise God. They didn't hear and they didn't believe. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing. And it says it again. And hearing. 
that indicates repetitive all the time. I heard a sermon when I was 10 one time and I got saved. That's good enough. No, hearing and hearing means continue. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where faith comes from. So friends, I just kind of, when I heard the hearing listed twice, it kind of made me think, if you think my sermons are kind of long, I want you to realize the Bible said hearing two times. I'm just trying to give you what the Bible says, okay? I don't want to go to that church. He talks for an hour. Hearing and hearing is what we do here, okay? (laughs) So in our story, Israel was not listening. They weren't believing. And so God caused them to fall under Gentile control while at the same time, God afflicted the Gentiles. He inflicted the Gentiles along with Israel to get the Gentiles to cry out for salvation so that the Jews would see their God save the foreigners that took them over. And they can't stand to see that. They can't stand to see their God saving people that just beat them up. Drives them nuts. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't that just bother you? I remember some movie, there's this kid, uh, he always got beat up and, and his dad gave him ice cream or something. He goes, why did you give ice cream to those kids that just beat me up? He goes, because they look like they haven't been given anything nice in a long time. And the kid just couldn't, they hurt me. And it provoked them to anger. It made them jealous. That's my dad. You hear this? This is what's going on. When they see the foreigners that took them over and kicked them out and dragged them away and hurt them, when they see their God helping them, what do you think that's going to do to an Israelite? It's going to make them say, wait, that's my God. And God's going to go, finally, you're saying what I want you to say. And friends, this still goes on today, right now. And Paul said of the Jews in Romans eleven eleven, he said, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Ah, yeah, the wheels are turning now. I see it. I pray you're seeing it. Do I need to elaborate? Because I really don't know how to do it right now. Um, This is deep stuff. Salvation came to us because they fell. God did not so much cause Israel, Israel to fall just for the sake of them falling. That's what Paul said. Did he cause them to stumble just to watch it just because? No. God had a purpose in it. God caused Israel to fall because of their sin, though, but so that they might be saved. But in order to shake them out of their copycat blindness, God now offers salvation to us, the Gentile, in order to stir up the Jews to jealousy for him. That's my God. And you say, I know. I know. He saved me too. Did you know that you have been given salvation, Gentile? You have been given salvation for the purpose of the Jews getting saved. Did you know that? I remember this discussion came up in Bible college. And there was some girl that she didn't comprehend the full picture of it. She was hurt. And I'm like, what do you mean you're hurt? She goes, you mean, she's like, so you mean God only saved me? Just to wake the Jews up? And the answer was, yeah, but this doesn't mean that God does not love you or loves you less, but he is using this to get to them. What did we just read? Read it again. 
They stumbled, okay, certainly not, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Gentile. I'm a Gentile. If you're a Gentile, you get saved not just for you. It's bigger than you. I'm saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good. But why are you saved? It's also for them to see you be saved. It's bigger than just you to stir them to jealousy. Now, this is not replacement theology. Well, the Jews messed up. They blew it. Now I get all the blessing. Too bad y'all messed. No, that's not what this is. The covenants are still there. We're still grafted in. Okay? But we are supposed to be on display to them. Very acute, careful, observed, obedient display to the Jews. The scripture right there says it. That's our job, to provoke them to jealousy. God does not love you less, but don't make a mistake about it. We Gentiles are given salvation as part of God's plan to shake the Jews out of their blindness so that they'll be saved too. Um, Now, in our chapter today, God put them under the thumbs of Gentile foreign nations to afflict them so that Israel could watch the Gentiles get saved, and then that would make Israel want salvation too. Now, this reminds me of this Jewish woman on the airplane. I was coming back, I think, from Israel out of coming through New York or something, and I was sitting next to this woman. I'm reading my Bible, and she wanted to talk about it, and I thought, well, I'm going to tell her about the gospel. I didn't know she was Jewish. I'm just ready to just, just plug it. And I said stuff about Jesus saved me and all that. And boy, she got immediately mad at me. And I didn't fully understand at the time. I think I started catching what was going on. She got mad at me. And she, she goes, well, what makes you believe that about Jesus and all that? And I said, well, you know, it's right here. And I showed her. And you know what she told me? She said, that's our book. I said, what? She goes, I'm a Jew. She goes, that's our book. That is not yours. That belongs to us. Our rabbis taught us from that book. That does not belong to you. That's ours. And I said, well, I'm just here to let you know that your God saved me. And then I thought, oh, shoot. And she got so mad at me. And we're on a plane. You can't go anywhere. And her face soured. And she, she said, my knee hurts. I, I, I got to go to the bathroom. I, she wanted away. So I, I was in the aisle. So I had to get up and let her out. And she went back. And I sat down and dove across the aisle. He's asleep. Everybody hates Dove on an airplane because he sleeps all the way. It's like nothing happened, no time passed at all. And I'm dealing with this all by myself. I was kind of like, Dove, he's asleep. Can't get to Dove. And I thought, okay, well, when she comes back, shut up. Don't drag this out. Just be quiet. I've said enough. She came back and um, boy, anyway, so we just kind of minded our own business. But boy, she got mad at me in a hurry. And I realized I provoked her to jealousy. She said, that's my God. But she didn't believe the Messiah had come, and I just told her, oh, yes, he did, and I have him. That's not your book. That's ours. I provoked her good, and I didn't even know I'd done it. She just could not accept that I was reading their book and that I was being blessed by their God. That's our God. And for her to think I had Jesus, the Jews' Messiah, just drove her angry. How dare me, the foreign pagan, dare try to say that I have their Messiah that they don't believe even came yet. So I want you to think about our chapter today. These foreign nations took them over. They were pagans long before the Israelites ever were. 
So for an Israelite to watch their God save a bunch of pagan Gentiles, God set this whole thing up just so that he could provoke them to jealousy enough to make them finally stand up and say, that's my God. Then when they do that, he's going to go, gotcha, gotcha where I want you. Finally, you want to act like the foreign nations? Okay, watch this. And now here's our job. Amen. God set this whole thing up just so that he could provoke them to jealousy enough to make them say, that's my God. Now today, Israel has false gods, and I will say some of them even worked, they even worship Judaism as a God itself above God. The tradition, the cultural stuff, all the things. Remember it said they followed rituals, 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 rituals. They weren't serving God. That's still going. Israel has false gods, some of it in Judaism in some places itself. God does not want them to have a mere regard, nor you. God does not want us to have a checkbox God, a mere regard. He wants us Gentiles and Jews to worship from the heart like the way he wants it. He doesn't want you to have a mere regard. He wants us Gentiles to have so much of a worship for the God of Israel that we provoke the Jews to enough jealousy, I have your Messiah, to arouse them down into the depths of their heart to get them to finally stand up and say with passion from their heart that this is my God. And then I will agree with them. He is. And friends, the Bible says that one day, that day is going to come when they all do this. Zechariah 12.10, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. They're finally going to get it. And they're going to realize that man that hung on that cross was the Messiah. And they're going to be so broken that they didn't see it. And that's going to be a great day when they do. There's Jews getting saved all over the place. Don't get me wrong. the, The majority of them are not listening. Now, friends, what really touches me about this chapter is that God gave us a reminder in verses 34 through 41, a summary of how he makes covenants with a sinful man and God makes covenants with sinful man knowing beforehand up front that all of us sinners were going to violate every last bit of that covenant. But he did it anyway. So why would God make a covenant with a people that he already knew would reject him? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Simply put, Romans 5 8, look where he made a covenant with us knowing we were going to sin. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, you know what, you straighten up first and then I'll die for you. He didn't say that. He said, no, I'm going to die for you knowing that you're going to break this already. And that's what a Christian attitude should be like with our friends. We should be willing to give of ourselves for them. Now, we have all sinned and violated God's law. Don't just point at the Jews. We've all done it. But at least we have a king that we can run to for help. And his response is to send us an Israelite priest, Messiah Jesus, to save us from destruction. So you see, God wants to save both Jew and Gentile, but he's not a, local, he's not a localized God like the Assyrians believed. 
Scripture says the whole earth belongs to the Lord, but right now we are in the time of the Gentiles, which means that we Gentiles have a tremendous responsibility on our shoulders that we are supposed to demonstrate to the Jews. We're supposed to show them who their Messiah is. You wonder why we blow the horn here. You wonder why we build a a sukkah during the Feast of Tabernacles. You wonder why we're going to Passover. Because I'm trying to get us to understand the things that God wanted us to do for the Jews, for their distinctive identity that they have forgotten, that when they see us do it, they're going to go, that's mine. And we go, I know Messiah Jesus can be yours too. And provoke them. To jealousy. You cannot display Jesus with a mere regard. That doesn't work. No checkbox Christianity. You have to worship him and do it his way. That's why I follow the, the, the biblical holidays here. Now, I'm not denouncing all the other stuff, but let me just put it to you like this. When a Jewish person sees you play Halloween and Christmas and Easter with eggs and bunnies, and it's not about the Lord. Well, it's about the Lord somewhat. No, you can't do like the Jews did here. Well, they had that long list and God was in there somewhere. You can't do all that. You have to do it the way God said. Passover is at Easter time. Christmas, all these other... Friends, we need to show the Jews who their Messiah is. Gentiles playing with these other made-up little holidays, and they go, you know what? I'm not listening to you. And they're gone and you just lost their attention. You lost their ear. However, it follows in line with our responsibility when we as Gentiles partake of the Jewish holidays, which God's word gives us permission to do. We partake of the Jewish holidays, and then the Jews look at us and go, why are you doing this? And then you can have a pathway to the gospel, and then they will come to believe. I've had people ask me, Ray, are you trying to be Jewish? Ray, are you trying to make me into a Jew? I heard somebody, somebody once left the church and said, he's trying to make me into a Jew. They're not understanding this lesson. I'm not trying to turn you into a Jew. I know I'm a Gentile. I know you're a Gentile. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to provoke the Jews to jealousy. And the only way to do that is to show them their identity by taking it up yourself. That's why we do it. I will always do the best I can to keep Israel in the forefront so that we can learn to adapt to that because this is bigger than just you being saved. This is bigger than just you. Now that you are saved, your job is to provoke them to jealousy. And if you ever get into a discussion with an unbelieving Jew and they try to pin that on you, oh, you probably play with Halloween and this, that, and all that, and you tell them, no, I really don't. Well, what do you do then? I attend Passover. You do. Now you got a foot in. Now they're going to listen to you. Now you get to do your job. That's why we do this. The Jews look at a Gentile's faith and they don't want it because it don't look nothing like their identity at all. If we show them the distinctiveness that has been broken down and stolen from them, the Gentiles help them see it again, they're going to want it back. And they're going to want to call upon their God and say, that's my God. And you're like, hallelujah, get in there and take him. Make sense? Everybody following? Did this run over you okay? I don't want anybody lost. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.